0: Time to talk a bit more Formula One in this edition of the KTM Summer Grill. Delighted to be joined again by Speakerface F1 Editor in Matt Kosh. And on the line all the way from the UK is Williams Racing Team Principal, James Vowes. Welcome. Thank you very much. Pleased to to catch up with you both. Seventh in the Constructors' standings. Can we get an overarching take from you on what you thought of 2023 as a whole for Williams?
1: I think um, turning point will be the you, the word I hopefully use on this one. It's a, uh, obviously a team where we've been struggling for many years. I think there's, there's no doubt about it. But a team that fantastically has the support of many. Um, and there's just a few key moments across this season that's really contributed to us fighting uh, amongst teams that are highly competitive and finishing just, just in seventh place ahead of them.
2: This year, it's almost been a year of change in, in many respects because you look at... Williams over the past few years, and there's been the odd highlight result, but this year there seem to be a few more of them. Alex running towards the front in Silverstone Springs to mind. Las Vegas was a good weekend for you. Are you seeing the change behind the scenes at Williams that you hope to see when you join the team at the start of the year? Um... Mm -hmm. I'll ask them both different ways so
1: so the first one is definitely that it's a year of highlights you you're right Williams has every now and again bounced up the order, but it's normally one one result that's triggered it and one perhaps let's be honest about it fortunate result. This year, the the reason why we finished seventh was not just Silverstone, not just Monza, not just Montreal. Um, a number of races, where we just picked up points in fact from the August break onwards, I think we picked up points at near enough all races, apart from Suzuka and Singapore, unfortunately, where we. Um, Uh, us and Perez came came together let's say towards the end of the race but that's different to anything that's happened perhaps over the last five six years which is where where the difference comes from so that's that's the first one it's a it's a good step change across the season which really contributed to where we are in terms of when i joined and still today for that matter we're still behind i mean there's no doubt about it the infrastructure we have here is 20 years out of date i've been pretty vocal and public on it for good reason because i wanted to make sure we start to invest in the site now there's some good lovely things in the sport and one of them is cost cap um, there's an operational cost cap and a capital expenditure cost cap and it's all awfully complicated but the operational one is basically salaries and building of the car and that's a really good cost cap um, that's why the sport is getting better in my opinion and the teams are getting closer together the second cost cap is a capital expenditure and what that means is any machines or large infrastructure you're keeping for multiple years that also gets restrained fundamentally. Again, it's a good thing, but it does hurt organizations like ourselves that have infrastructure that um, my CEO described as the from the Ming Dynasty, probably the right <laughs> way, but it's clearly not, by the way, otherwise, I'd sell it to make a lot of money. But we're on the back foot, and I think it's clear to say. So, to answer your question more directly, that little background was to help with that. I'm happy that we've started to turn the corner, but we really are the start of the journey. And for that matter, there's a number of things that we're, we're breaking because we have to, across this winter period, and it's going to be a hard winter. There's no doubt about it. And so the, the turning has started, but that doesn't mean it's a straight road back to success. There's a number of things along the way that will be um, difficult and frustrating. And we have to work around how do we get over
0: this technological difference when we're so far behind. And there's a journey, but it's a long one. James, if we isolate the driver performances for the year and, and get your your take on Alex's effort and what Logan did and so on, just their your take on their performances in the in the twenty twenty three season. Yeah. Um, so let's start with Alex.
1: Alex, I've known since twenty sixteen. Um, he's he's fiercely competitive. He's actually very much two different characters. If you spoke to him right now, you'd think loveliest loveliest man I ever met that's driven <laughs> a fast car put the helmet on, and actually you see a little bit more of this aggressive creature that, that pops out, which is why he's quite happy holding up at some point half the field, as it was in a number of races, elbows out and, and takes no prisoners. That's what I like about him. He's He's got a maturity that's really come into its own this year. I think you've seen Alex this year grow as well. The, the Alex I knew right at the beginning when I first joined was um, a little restrained in some of his actions, a little bit, um, Perhaps not as vocal as he could have been and perhaps not as confident in his ability as he could have been as well the the Alex at the end of the year is one that really has come out of his shell and and I've described him as a champion drive. I had the fortune to work with a number of champions in my time there are drives this year that were on that par on that level so that's Alex um I'm pleased incredibly pleased he's here um and uh, obviously he's become the backbone of why we've had success this year as well Logan the Logan has really decided, but not just Logan, I would say any rookie this year, there were sort of uh, three starting the year and two finishing the year. One, not perhaps given their full potential um, within the season, because it is tough. Um, In the old days, I don't know how to describe old days, five years ago, six years ago, what we used to do is do about um, 30,000 kilometres of testing with a driver before you'd even consider putting them in the race car they need enough that they can explore the boundaries and limits of it, because the step from any other motorsport series into this one is enormous. Uh, To put numbers on it, F2, and and even IndyCar for that matter, would be about 14 seconds behind on a lap time, so you're in a different ballpark to what you're experiencing here. And it takes the drivers time to extract everything out of the tyres, and and just focusing on the tyres for a second, because that is the predominant item. You're trying to get all four tyres within a few degrees of their optimum temperature. And the window is only about four or five degrees. You're trying to focus on that whilst trying to manhandle a car at 300 kilometres an hour around a circuit. And it takes, it's just a different world and it takes quite a while. What what some of them describe it to me as is it's driving a, a racing car, but now on just warp speed, everything happens so much faster and it takes a long time for you to get used to finding those limits. That's Logan's journey this year. And i think you know even if i hadn't described it to you that way you can hopefully see it he started the year actually really strong um which which i think and i said the same to him might have been his undoing a little bit as well he he became perhaps overconfident that this is going to be okay but in bahrain he was qualifying with lando within the same millisecond in um, saudi he put in a lap time that was faster than alex but deleted for track limits then you saw some other aspects to being a rookie As soon as you take something can destabilize your foundations, you question everything, which is what happened in Saudi, lap deleted. This shouldn't be a problem. He had plenty more laps to be able to get in, but that destabilized him. Then what you saw is actually to get the same lap time at the car, he was having to really overdrive the car Quite a bit. By the way, that's a very normal thing for a rookie to do. That's Mm. not uh, an insult. It's just when you're unsure where the limit is, it's easier to go slightly over it and then you get really punished for it. And that happened all the way up through the season until we started to get towards the end. Then, around about Suzuka time, you would have seen a different um, Logan. And I know he questioned Suzuka and it's painful he did, but his performance there was back on par with Alex for the car spec he had. And I'd say from there onwards, at the end of the season, you're seeing a driver that's now building into it, not overdriving the vehicle, in control of what he's doing. The point in Austin was because he didn't throw things away just trying to do a Hail Mary to go one position Mm -hmm. up. He just kept it together on track, didn't get track limits, did a solid job. From then onwards, Vegas qualifying within the same 10th. In fact, from that point onwards, you'll see his pace is there but our car performance dropped off so significantly now that points just simply weren't available to us and Alpha toy doing a really good job. So that's my summary of Logan, but also it helps to understand why he's absolutely deserving of a chance again next year because the learning journey is done. Um, there'll be a bit of a reset over the winter. There always is, but he's, he's matured significantly through the season.
2: Looking to next year, where do you expect Logan to get to, second year, Franz a guy who's blooded a couple of Formula One drivers over his, over his tenure in the sport, always said that you need three years to really cement your place on the grid. What do you expect from Logan next year? And I guess at the same time, what do you expect from Alex? Um, with Alex himself,
1: it, it's the continuing of the maturity of a leader. So what I need from him at the moment is he'll know what makes him quicker and what makes the team quicker. And he needs to be demanding. And he needs to action those demands as well as a result of it. Um, that plus the continuation of the build that I've seen before. I think he's now very confident in who he is and what direction of travel he's going in. But let's build that around it because it's, the performance is not ever of one driver. It's your entire engineering team working with you to extract every millisecond. And I think we have more potential there with Logan. We saw at the end of the year he was within tenth, two tenths of Alex. He needs to continue that journey to make sure that we're there consistently the whole time through all sessions, whether it's wet, dry, windy, not, and then close down that gap such that on any given day None of you can predict whether or not it's Logan or Alex that ends up ahead. But the only way to get there is you have a solid foundation that you know can fall back on, like a second serve that you you really trust. That becomes your de facto foundation that allows you then to push the limits beyond there. And that's his journey in 24. And I think France is right. If you look at, um, there are exceptions to the three-year rule. There, there really are. But um, for the most part, this second year is about making sure you consistently
0: close the gap without overstretching the mark. James Toms probably going to beat us here but but can we ask you before you go the strengths of the 2023 car what you what you thought was the standard in that regard and the areas that you want to work on for 24. Strengths, strengths were that we optimized the car around an
1: efficiency level that meant that when you pulled the rear wing off when you pulled the downforce off it became a very competitive package. So you, you develop in different wind tunnels at different levels, if, you, if that makes any sense. You mm-hmm. can choose whether you want to optimize your car at a low wing level or a high level, level and then you develop everything around that point, your balance, your characteristics, your downforce. That doesn't mean you can't add wing and take away wing, as teams do, but it does mean your optimum, where you position it, is in a slightly different region. The benefits of having a car there are exactly what happened to Silverstone, in Monza, and in Montreal. Once you get ahead of cars, you're a bit of a roadblock doesn't matter that they were about 4 tenths faster. They were just getting more and more frustrating. But in a straight line, fundamentally, you had to be over, uh, well, probably closer than 2 tenths behind us in order to get a pass. And they simply weren't. You can't do that on the exit of those corners. So that's the strength of the car. Which also, when you go to tracks like Monza, Spa, Vegas, where you have to pull the rear wing level off now, you have to take the downforce and the drag off, our car effectively moves forward relative to the field. So that was the strength of it in 23. The converse, though, is that you put the downforce on, so the Abu Dhabis of this world, the Mexicos of this world, even the Brazil, to a certain extent, we just don't have the downforce that other people have. We're not optimised around that range. So it's not an and in that circumstance, it's an or. And it did mean that there were tracks that we really suffered, and you saw us go backwards quite significantly as a result of. Um, other strengths and weaknesses were that the, the car itself was really good at getting the tyres working. I think, again, it's why you saw in Vegas we were there in qualifying. We could just switch the tyres on, whereas a number of other teams can't. But the converse weakness was we did have more degradation in other cars. They're sort of, again, you put them hand in hand. There's some strengths that are also weaknesses. And the other weakness was in certain conditions, the balance was really tricky for the drivers to handle. And again, you saw that with both. It's just it could be there maybe on a single lap with all the grip holding you up. But as the grip disappeared, it became a tough car to handle.
2: James, you mentioned at the top a little bit about the, the CapEx and some of the the progress that you're making towards bringing uh, World Championships back to, to Williams. What are the big ticket items that you're, you're looking for? And knowing that the CapEx has changed a little bit in recent uh, weeks and months, what can you do under the rules at the moment? The There's a few things. It's It's a lovely...
1: Um, amount of money we had. It, it sound well it, it will sound like a tremendous amount, 20 million. Sounds huge, doesn't it? That's the additional amount that we were able to get out this year. Um, and it is in normal worlds a lot of money. Unfortunately in Formula One, the, the amount of money we really needed here to catch up to the front is about 150 million. Um, so it helps. But it scratches the surface is truth behind it. So the first thing is that we go to a forum of listing out every single asset that we need that will generate either performance or reliability or um, reduce build costs and turning, whatever it may be. We basically prioritize all of the assets that we need and then go down that list from top down. Um, simple as that in terms of what we need at the moment within this industry. I, I can already tell you that the, uh, the 20 million was spent is the wrong word, but called for uh, within milliseconds so it's not it's not a question that we worried about where we're going to spend it it was just optimizing how we're going to do that Um, much of it will be in simulation mechanisms so simulator for example erp i have been very vocal about that we don't actually have any structures or systems um, that are now starting to become in place for that matter uh, that allow us to even know how many parts are in the car and how they're built together. So that's a fundamental part. That's what I meant by build cost and reliability. Those fall into those categories, but they're essential now. You can't you can't build a, a car without it. And then there's other areas that will help us in, in testing environments, in suspension environments, et cetera. So um, I, I'm happy with that. What we now need to do is obviously find a way of still closing that gap to the front. We have a willingness to spend money. We just need an environment where we can do that, but that's fair and inevitable relative
0: to other teams. So we're not quite there yet. All right, we'll wrap this up, James. Just finally, is there light at the end of the tunnel with this wish list stuff that you're looking for? You talked when you joined the the team about looking longer term. Is there light at the end of the tunnel here for Williams?
1: I I wouldn't be here if there wasn't. Um, I left the comfort of an incredible company, which is Mercedes, uh, and and had peers around me that that are exceptional, winning many world championships, and yet I left to come here. And the reason why I did is I believe in the vision that we have um, going forward. I Williams is the first team I ever followed in the sport. Mm-hmm. Um, it, uh, it has legacy that most can only dream of really. And, and if you ever doubt that, come here, walk around the experience center of the world, there is ability to do that. And you'll see, you feel it when you walk in the room. I still get goose pimples today um, when you're walking around all the championship cars that are in there, they're all working order. Um, to answer your question, yes. But it's not going to happen overnight that's the the message i'd really bring out to everyone some of those facilities i've spoken to about remembering we haven't really bought the big chunky ones yet they're still to come You, you don't buy millions of pounds of equipment and and put it in place it's a 12 24 even 36 month journey before that equipment is up and running so yes i can see light at the end of the tunnel yes i can see a path that we can forge where we can become successful again it's just the journey is not overnight that said in the meantime I hope that you see us every year stepping up, shoulders held higher, and understanding that
0: we're on the right pathway to the front. We hope that uh, that we see that bear fruit um, very soon for you, James. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us, to you and to all of the staff there. Have a safe festive season and all the very best for the 24 year. That's very kind of you. Thank you both. You could be a winner each episode of the summer grill ktm are giving you the chance to win a bar stool a mug and this race inspired clock as well so there's more good reasons to tune in and hear from some of the stars of world motorsport here as a part of the ktm summer grill all you got to do is click on the link below fill in your details and you could be in the running to win